Door to Door Con is right around the corner with Mastermind Day January 16th in Salt Lake City, Utah with Tim Grover, author of Relentless and Michael Jordan's coach. You also have Mark Eaton, former NBA All-Star. January 17th and 18th at the Salt Palace in Salt Lake City, Utah. You have Ed Milet, Coach Burt, Tim Grover, and many more famous speakers and workshops on how to improve your leadership, sales, and recruiting. Register today, ddcon.com. For DDDU users, we have a DDDU after party Friday night. Don't miss out. Pre-register at doortodoorcon.com. Hi, everybody. This is the DDD Podcast. I'm your Josh Zuniga, the industry record breaker at 1,500 accounts in 2019 in pest control. That is fr- the undisputed new industry record, which is... This is the GOAT. This is now officially the GOAT. <laughs> Thanks, Bones. guys. Thank and, you. And uh, excited to have you. We've had you on the podcast before, and it was mm-hmm. interesting. You were at 400 accounts when we did our first podcast. Yep. You had this goal to do 1,500 accounts, mm-hmm. and I told you, I was like, if you don't do 1,500 accounts, what did I say? Um... I don't, I don't remember exactly what you said. <laughs> but I basically was like, hey, I'm taking this down. I'm yes. not counting any of this. And yes. We're discrediting this podcast because he was like, hey, I'm only at 400. And it's easy for anybody to be like, hey. You definitely applied pressure. Yes. But it was I, a good thing. I, I, I said, <laughs> look, you can speak, hey, I have this goal because I think everybody's had a goal to mm-hmm. do 1,000 or 1,500 or has big goals, right? Yeah. And I want to speak to that person right now because so many people speak those things into existence, which is step one. But a lot of people don't have the intention to actually follow through and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I remember we're sitting there, you're at about 1,100, 1,200 accounts, and you called me, you're like, dude, I don't know if I, I remember there was this yeah. little moment I said, we already did a, a we did a podcast, and I want to jam on that. So we're going to jam on this kind of stuff today of what does it take mentally? Uh, what does your average day look like? Like, I want to I wanna, like pick this apart because I think a lot of people are wondering, what does it take to go from three, what was it, 300 the year before? No, so the year before it was 100, but 300 was my best. 300 was your best year, yeah. 100 the year before, mm-hmm. to 1,500 accounts. Yep. And I think that that's kind of a, you know, a, a tale of the, in and of itself that I think a lot of people would love to also do, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that if you could do it, anybody could do it, right? Like, that's how I view it. Yeah. That's your message. Yeah, that's, my, that's kind of my message. Yeah. Which I, I, you know, and if you follow him on Instagram or what, what's your Instagram? The Josh, the Josh Zuniga. The Josh Zuniga. We're all yeah. thes here. Yeah. The yeah. Jake Bennington, the Sam Tagger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but before we dive into this, I want to, one, shout out to speaking at DoorToDoorCon. You excited for that? Dude, I'm way pumped. So yeah. why, why should people go to your workshop? Um, because, I don't know, I feel like for me... I feel like my story is a little bit more relatable to most people. I don't. I didn't come from any special circumstances, um, so I'm going to be doing more. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I'm going more into like actionable things, like in regards to like my pitch, what I say, what not to say, those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. So my question is, you're going to eat that up. Yeah. yeah. Like if if you're in pest control and you're mm. sitting here saying, "I want the magic bullet." It's kind of like... Don't yeah. put me at the same time, man. No. There'll be no one in my room. Don't, <laughs> yeah, don't put like, me at the same time. To, be, to witness a year where somebody broke a world record, I think that that's kind of a, a, 
an opportunity and you know not every like there's so many people actually the biggest industry attending right now from ticket sales is pest control that's cool so your room should be that is pretty cool quite large yeah i was looking at the average you know because we ask them when they get their ticket and pest control is the number one right now solar in second then roofing mm -hmm. but um anyway so let's th let's dive into this i, I you know, I don't want to go way into what we did last podcast. So if you want to get a little bit more of the story and background, last podcast, we, we dove a little bit into that. I want mm -hmm. to dive into simply what does it take to do 1500 accounts? Like what, like what did it take? What, what did it take out of you? I guess a lot, a lot. I have a new gray hair on the side of my head for every 20 accounts that I sold. Like it, it literally took every ounce of me to, to do that. So it, um, I had to push myself to a place that I'd never been before. Actually, when we had met the first time, I was already in a place that I'd never been before, which was over 400 accounts. And so it took, um, I don't know, it took a lot. But at the same time... When did you finish? I finished like, I believe it was around mid-October. You know how many people say, oh, I could never do that. Oh, the, the, you know how people probably even discredit you? Oh, we didn't do it in a summer. And I'm like, well, that, that's I don't not, care. That's I not the point. No, I couldn't and, and, care less like, with the length of the time. I was going to hit my goal no matter what. No matter, I was willing to grind harder than I'd ever grinded before. And I took pride in the fact in knowing that when other people were quitting, I was still going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah if anything, I, I feel like it makes it... Better. It's another layer of credibility to your character is that you knocked longer, right, mm -hmm. than just a traditional summer. When a lot of people can't even hack it for four months, you hacked it even longer. Well, who who, you know? who like, made the rule of four months? Yeah, it's just, that's like, true. Who made, who made the four <laughs> months? Like, why couldn't you start in January? Why yeah. couldn't you start in... Who like that's it, like what, what, what bugs me about summer sales is yeah. they've put their artificial start and end times and i'm like that kind of seems like it's something focused. that's unique to pest because a lot of the other industries yeah, knock you around what like yeah. roofing solar mm -hmm. a lot of alarms yeah window yeah. like that that's why it bugs me i've had people well he didn't do it in the summer i go i i, I could care less why i couldn't you work? care less either. Why, so what'd you do hang out for eight months then like yeah. you just kind of dink around like you know, I was mm -hmm. like, why don't you work the other months? And, 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 the, and that's simply my answer. So it took yeah. longer, which was okay. Mm -hmm. But when you, when you send everybody home and you're the only one and you're still sitting there going through, trying to freaking finish, mm -hmm. what's going through your head in those moments? The first one might be surprising, but relief. <laughs> really? The first one was relief because then I knew that um, all I had to worry about was myself. Yeah. Um, and I knew... So for me, early, early on in this whole process, I learned that when I can control the things that are in my control consistently, then success is going to come consistently. And so just having less to deal with other than like not having to worry about the team and doing trainings, just being able to focus on myself and my own little bubble, it, would, it was easier for me to control those things that were in my control. And so can, the can first thing was... example? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so that was my first, that was my first thought, um, was relief. So for me, um, just trying to think of an example. So like, let's say it's mid October or yeah. it's beginning of October. You're sitting at 1400 accounts or 1300 accounts or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. What got you at, like at that point, was it like 
Because here's, here's where I, I feel like you may relate to. Because I remember I was number one. I was at 380. Mm-hmm. I knew that no one was going to pass me. I had made more money than I'd ever made in my life. I had hit my goal to finish number one. Mm-hmm. Who cares if I did 14, 400 or not? You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was kind of this last two weeks and you had it harder than I did. I just remember, well, why not just stop here and call it good? Yeah. Did that ever cross so your mind? It, it did, but I was lucky. This year, there were a few people that sent it really hard. Um, there was a guy at Aptive that, like, we, he and I both hit 1,300. I can't remember if we both hit 1,300 or 1,200 around the same time. But knowing, knowing that there was still somebody knocking pushed me really hard. So, he, so somebody did stay out, kind of. Somebody, somebody did. Different yeah. company. Yep. You just happen to keep up with their stats. How did you know this? I have my people. Okay. So, <laughs> wait, but th- this is a nugget yeah. in and of itself. You have to have an, a competitor. There oh, has to I be somebody you, 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 tr- yeah. you race. The other thing, I was really grateful. There was, some, there was a kid at Hawks that finished with 1460 service accounts. I thought it was 1440, but then he kept getting Collins <laughs> after he left. But um, anyways... I honestly don't know that I would have pushed to finish that if I, if I didn't have that external. I, at some point, I had proven to myself what my best effort was capable of, and I simply wanted to be the best. I wanted it to be not disputable, and so that helped me push towards the very end. Hmm. So yeah, how, do, how did you leverage that? You know, like, do, do you have a defined moment where you said, internally, for me, for my sake, I've accomplished kind of what I've set out to do, which wasn't really about a number altogether. That was a representation of yeah. me doing my best. Did you hit a defined moment where you're like, okay, that check mark on that, and then why am I gonna keep going? How do I leverage, you know, Brad Farr at Aptive or Tyler Ross Kelly at Hawks? Like, how do I leverage that externally to keep me going to the end? Um, so my moment came right before I was about to pass Brigham Lindsay. Um, who I respect a lot. He, he's a super nice dude. But right as I was around 1,200 accounts, I realized, you know what? This is what my best effort's capable of. Like, I, know, I, I knew what my best efforts were capable of, and I was happy. I was satisfied. There was two things. Number one, I wanted to be the best, and I didn't want it to be in dispute. So there was that competitiveness. Mm-hmm. But the other thing was I wanted to be able to look people in the eye who started out more normal like I did. Like yeah. having 120 account their first summer. Instead and of say, the guy 600 his first year. It's like, yeah. well, that guy's destined to do something. Yeah, nice I wanted to be able to look them in the eye and tell them that they could be the greatest of all time. They could, they could sell 1,500 accounts. It's possible. You can go from 120 accounts your first year to 1,500. You can, I just wanted, it, I wanted to make the 1,000 accounts more approachable. I wanted to add value in that way. I love that. Yeah. So I definitely had to search outside of myself for that last little portion. Those last 200 accounts were very, very difficult. So, so Jake has but, this whole principle of a spotter. And talk to us a little bit on that. I mean, when you're, and th- this will relate a lot to you just because you've been going to the gym a lot as mm-hmm. well. And that's been a big part of your process. People can listen to the other podcasts and listen to that. Um, yeah. But when you go to the gym, you know, you, you, you can have a lot of gains that you make by working out and being consistent right? And you're going to get a lot stronger and you're going to have uh, these improvements. But at a certain point, mm-hmm. your progress now is going to be very incremental, 
very, very incremental because your ability to actually max, right? So if I'm, if, if I'm doing bench one day and I mm-hmm. want to max out on bench, I can't do that alone. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm sure people try, but like your ability to just go like full send on it and give it everything you have mm-hmm. will be dependent on someone there to catch you or to push you or to be competitive with you. Right. Yeah. And so I want to know if I fail, literally, if my arms give out that there's hands there that will, will take me up. So it's only through that failure and your arms giving out mm-hmm. that the spotter steps in and, and then helps you that you have the biggest growth right? A lot of people go to the gym, don't have a spotter. They don't have an external factor there holding them accountable. And so they're unable to fail in the way that will give them the best growth, right? It's that failure. Yeah, they have to hold back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you've had these external spotters in a way, whether they even knew they were spotting you or not. They probably didn't. Right? Yeah. No, yeah. That, but, but I think that, I think that they, that's the power of, of team or even competitors saying, look, this is the level of playing field. If you want to play in the big leagues, this is where you play. Mm-hmm. You risk that ultimate failure. But you got to give credit to Andy, for example. I'm sure he was a good spotter. He was. How often did me and Jake text you? A lot. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It was almost daily. You signed mm-hmm. up with the mastermind, you know, obviously mm-hmm. with our expert circle. Like, why, why make that decision? It's like, hey, you've already done 1500 accounts like why why even join our you know pay a lot of Um, money to do that honestly because i i need to keep pushing myself it's you can never treat yourself like you've arrived you have to keep leveling up and you have to keep putting yourself in a position where you need a spotter you need to keep pushing that that hard and being surrounded by people like that and specifically with the inner circle um it just helps you level up more more and more because you you are who you hang out with in a lot of ways mm-hmm. so yeah you can't just go to the gym of life alone forever you're mm-hmm. not going to be able to max out you know yeah. on squad or whatever you know whatever the thing is and so joining the circle or surrounding yourself with those people those spotters is critical to now maintaining mm-hmm. this this like peak that you've had right yeah. you should be able to eliminate the idea of peaking through your circle through your spotters i mean essentially For sure yeah my dad played a huge role in that also really yeah my dad he's in sales also and so it's kind of something that he and I bond over. Um, but Andy, I would always text, I would text Andy anytime I've sold over double digits, which towards the end was almost every single day, um, like only You're a few hours in the into flow. the day. Dude, yeah, I was ready to go. It hit me that I wasn't going to be able to leave until I reached 1,500 <laughs> accounts. And so I was, I was just ready to go. I, I am to, with my last mile. But, uh, I, I ran yesterday. And I ran my last mile fast because I was getting so bored and ready to be done with my yeah. run. That's what always pushes me. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I just want to be done with my run. Exactly. I'm going to run faster to finish sooner. Mm-hmm. Hey, whatever. That's exactly, yeah, whatever that's exactly what happens. There's maybe yeah. an, it, uh, that might be its own little principle in and of itself. Oh, 100%. I tell myself, dude, the faster you knock this workout, the faster it's done and over and it's behind you. And you're yeah. done and moving on to the next thing of your day. I love it. Yeah. But honestly, time. having somebody to keep you accountable... For me, I think the biggest one was probably my dad. Um, just because my dad, he did, he, he held my feet to the fire. Like I, I, yeah, because I said I was going to do something. I said I was going to do 1,500. He even asked me, he's like, son, do you regret saying that you were going to sell 1,500 accounts? Do you wish you had lowered it to 1,300? And at the time, I, I was really, really tired. And I think a part of me wished that um, maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I hadn't said I was going to do 1500 but I'm glad that I did. And um, having somebody to help keep you accountable is so, 
so powerful. Whether it's the circle and you have friends that are just constantly helping you level up or a mentor like, like Andy, my business partner, or my, my father. Having somebody in place that you know, will, will hold you to your word. You have to do it yourself. But once you've proven, like for me, once I broke past that, that 1200 and I'd already proven to myself, it definitely required more. I, I, I had to expand my why. And having those accountability people like in, in place helped out a lot. Love that. Yeah. So Tim Grover talks about a principle of a cleaner, cooler, closer, right? Mm-hmm. Or, and she talks about the cleaner. That's like the Michael Jordans of the world. That's the, the you know, the kind of those guys that are just the goats, right? Mm-hmm. So what's interesting is you're a closer right now, meaning you won a championship. My question is, what are you going to do to strive to be a cleaner, which the definition of a cleaner is somebody that doesn't just win one championship they're always looking to improve by their 1% or 2%. You know what I mean? They're always yeah. looking for micro-improvement, but they're also somebody that isn't just a one-hit wonder. You know, and, I, and, and, and it was interesting interviewing Tim, and I'm excited he's coming to DoorToDoorCon. Yeah. But in that, like, I just ask, what's next? What's like the, you know, it, it, a lot of times people are like, I won my championship. You won your championship, mm-hmm. but what's next? Replication. So for me, I feel like I've proven to myself everything that I wanted to prove in regards to my own personal sales. With that being said, don't mistake it. I love the doors and I, I'll, I don't ever see, I don't see myself anytime in the near future, not wanting to knock or knock for myself. Was there, was there, but, a, um, but there had to have been a slight, like when you were done, you were like, Oh, I was if I have to knock another door in the next couple months. Yeah. Like I want to shoot somebody. So yes, I felt like that. But about two or three weeks after I got home, I was ready to knock again. I was already cool. bored. But anyways, replication. Sets in. Yeah, exactly. The door amnesia. Isn't that so crazy? Yeah. yeah. Because a lot of people probably feel that same thing. I know that every summer. So, so, so done. I'm so yeah. done. Never, like, flipping the city off. You're like, see ya, okay, see. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're like, man, I. Three weeks okay, later. I'm, I'm that itch. ready to go. I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I could go, I could go yeah. back. Um, I do think that I will sell a thousand accounts again. I, um, I don't see any reason why not, but. Right now, I, I really want to help develop other people. Um, obviously, I would prefer if that's within my own organization. but Because um, you've been a big inspiration to a lot of people that have followed yeah. you. You know, I've watched other pest control guys or sales guys fo- start following your journey because you were really good at posting every day yeah. your stories. And that's uh, I can thank Jake for that because <laughs> he... Um, he was one of the very first people I told that I was going to sell a thousand accounts. And his advice was to tell as many people as I possibly could. So keeping updating on Instagram, I had no idea that people would start following me. It was simply just to keep myself accountable. But it turned out that people did start watching. Yeah. So, so yeah. you've inspired a lot. Yeah. And, and I appreciate that. And I hope those that he has inspired give him some love back and um, you guys helped spot Josh, yeah. whether you knew it or not. Yeah, it's, right? crazy. it's an element of being a spotter. Yeah. Keep, yeah. Keep, keep going. I didn't mean to keep interrupting. Um, kind of lost my. But my like, you want to develop other people. You want to yes. support them. Yeah, I do. So um, one thing that's been interesting is I've come across a lot of people that want to meet with me just to pick my brain. But I really want to mentor people and have people work with me. Obviously, mm-hmm. I feel like I can help people more in that way than in any other way. That rather than just going, you know, out to lunch with them and. Kind of explaining how I did what I did, yeah. Because it's not it's not necessarily that simple. You have to have leaders that um, 
I don't know, kind of me- kind of mentor you. Yeah. yeah. You know, mentorship is huge. A conversation can do a lot, but when you're there, right there with them all the time, it yeah. makes a big difference. And I think a lot of people, they don't, they're not as intentional <clears throat> as they maybe should be on picking the right mentors, yeah. getting people that are willing to, to do what they want to do. And I, lo- I look at the difference between like a mentor and a coach and a leader. There's some differences there. And I, I'm, I'm curious, Jake, before I say my, my reason, what would you say would be the difference between a mentor, coach, and maybe manager? Let's pick those three. Hmm. Um, we've jammed on this a little bit in the past, but uh, a mentor is somebody who says, oh, you want to go where I've gone. I'll show you that path. <clears throat> I can help you on that path. Right. And that's a relationship and it's ongoing. It's kind of touch and go depends. Whereas a coach, it isn't, oh, I'm going to take you where I've gone. It's like, hey, where do you want to go? Independent of where I've been, where do you want to go? Let me find the best fit for my angle to help coach you on getting to that destination. Right. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? And so, yeah. And then a leader, I mean, would simply just. A manager. We'll say manager. A manager is, I mean, that's a very, I feel like it's a very narrow, it's a very um, isolated form of influence because usually that's going to be you know in some sort of managerial context where there's reporting and there's some sort of revenue exchange and there's you know there is a transactional aspect to it um where you're taking people very um it's more numbers generated you know and results and things like that versus the other two more uh development and who you are i don't know what yeah that's exactly the definition so for you it's interesting you're using this word mentor but I would say, how do you develop your leadership of influence to not just be the mentor, but be the coach and be the manager and be the leader? You know what I mean? Like, how mm-hmm. do you develop each aspect of, I mean, this is just my. Well, that's why I'm in the inner circle. I know. That's why I'm, that's why I'm excited. <laughs> that's I mean, why I'm in the inner circle. So I can keep leveling up. I've learned how to master myself yeah. and control the things that are in my control in regards to my own sphere of influence. But the next step is learning how to do that with others. And, and help others. And do you know how many people never commit to taking that next step and it just bugs the heck out of me? Like, you know what I mean? Think yeah. about it. Like, how many people do you know that stay sales reps that are just okay managers, maybe they lead a few people, but they don't take the action to really say, man, I need to be like a phenomenal developer. Go duplicate. They're missing out on a lot of happiness. Yeah. Yeah. So let's yeah. let's talk and about fulfillment. So right. let's let's shift gears. So Jake was your manager. He was your leader. He was mm-hmm. your recruiter for how many years? Mm, two, Just, one. Yeah. Really, that one is the yeah. one that really <clears throat> counted. Yeah. So his last year at Aptive was when we were together very intimately, selling together in the trenches. And that was the year you did a hundred. No, 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 that that was the one I did three hundred. Three hundred. Okay. Honestly, it was probably like three hundred and change, like three. It, it was, was like three fifty ish. Yeah, like okay. three forty, three fifty something. Like Which that. isn't a bad year. Yeah, you know what it's I mean. Great. Props to those people that do three hundred and yeah. something. People be stoked um, about that. Yeah. My question is, why did you not get fifteen hundred accounts out of you? <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, yeah. like I, I, I don't want to throw Jake under the bus, but it, no, I asked for this. Like, I asked for this. But it, but it, but that is why I have Jake here. Is I go. It's the same person, the same probably pitch. Did your pitch change much? No, my pitch isn't 1,200 accounts better. Yeah, it's not a 1,200 account difference words. Mm-hmm. Why didn't this transaction happen a year earlier? Why, like, what, what was it that you... Trust me, I have a rep, and I'm, and I'm going to throw myself under the bus. 
I had a girl rep named Amy that did eight accounts with me one year. Let's go. I tried. Amy, I mean, shout out. Amy. Go. I tried to send her home. I was like, go home. And she wouldn't. Don't do this anymore. I'm like, I'm like, it was like embarrassing having her in the meetings. I'm like, and there's Amy over there. And, and uh, she did 300 accounts. Wow. The last couple of years. Like I'm like I'm talking bad A. Yeah, yeah. That's hard and for I'm me. like alarms. Why <laughs> was I? Well, yeah, this is alarms. I was like, why? Why did I not? Like, what the freak? Yeah. Like, what and did I do that sucked that didn't get that out of her? I, you know I am so excited to talk about yeah. this because I think Josh, you've done such an awesome job detailing your journey on social media. You've made it very clear what your theme and your message is. Mm-hmm. And it's about, you know, anyone can get where, you know, if I've done it, you can do it and, think, and empowering people. Um, I think we need to, it'd be really interesting for people if we talked about empowering managers and like from yeah. your perspective, what could have been done um, fr- from, from my view, you know, from my, from my angle, my participation in your success, is there something that could have been done? If not, you know, let's just like dive into that yeah, because like, a lot of people will be very interested in, in Yeah, because you might be leading. Here's the thing. If you're a, le- a leader listening to this right now, you might be leading the next Josh Zuniga. <laughs> and you might be like that bump on a log, that guy, like, you know, that Amy, you know, or, or you know, I, I we don't even know. Like, that's why I'm wondering. Like, you didn't know. Maybe you knew. No, I, 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 I did know. You did we'll, know. We'll okay. talk about that. But, but why don't you set the groundwork? Yeah. What was that summer like? What was her team like? What were all the external factors? Yeah, we were in Nashville. <clears throat> Honestly, Nashville was one of the best summers of my life. It was, uh, it was a good year, man. It was a really good year. That's I had good so thing. much. I had so much fun. I... Um, <clears throat> There, our team freaking we kicked ass. We were pretty good. We had a ton of really high producers. Um, it was like a two fifteen PRA, which is really good. Yeah, yeah, we won the cup that year. We had a lot of rookies. So it's like, team. and that's important to set that ground rate. Like it wasn't like you went from a you went from a winning team with high PRAs. Mm-hmm. We won the whole competition. We beat Brigham Lindsay's team in the finals. We did. <laughs> Shout out Brigham. Yeah. So so you ran a good squad, Jake. That's why he works with us now and whatever. There was but, nothing lacking. Yeah, in that, that's why in I'm that wondering. Way. There was nothing. There was nothing lacking, and this might come as a frustrating answer, but honestly. I don't know. I don't know what more could have been done because it had nothing to do with what you weren't doing. Um, every year since that team, I've tried to pattern my leadership after the leadership that you had on that team. <laughs> that means a lot. Yeah. Um, honestly, I... Well, let me, it, let me say this, okay? So let me, let me say it from my perspective a little bit then, okay? And maybe yeah. this will kind of get the, the, uh, get the, the juices flowing. The juices going. But... So for me, and this is something we talked about, was Josh, obviously, we're, we're, we're there in the summer. Our team's killing it. We're starting to go. We're undefeated in the cup. Our rookies are stepping up big time. Like, everything's clicking. Competition day rolls around. Josh throws down 12, 13, 14. Like, it's nothing, you know? And same day, every single one of them. Like, we give him his own track, and he would just annihilate. And so we had these glimpses, and we're just like, man, like... And he would come home and it didn't even seem like that big of a deal. Like, you know, um, and so we're like, how do we, like, what's the deal? How, how do we get that every day? Because the other days you would, you know, you'd be a little more content with like three or four, mm-hmm. you know, but it was not a question that you had it in you the whole time. 
and something we talked about a little bit, but so I guess what was, what was that play for you at that time when I guess you could say on paper, all the external factors were checked, like good team, good environment, good market, you know, all those things are, are good management, whatever, going well. Mm-hmm. What held you back? What, what was your prison, I guess, like at that time when it was a good environment? Um, myself. Um, I always knew, I always knew that I was capable of more. I just didn't necessarily believe in myself in the sense that I, I don't know that I had the self-discipline to maintain that level of intensity for that long. And so I feel like in my mind, I was kind of saving myself for the competitions. Hmm. And ultimately, you know, those, those were excuses. Those are excuses. You didn't um, realize you could, like, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of and, and and tell me if I'm wrong, but it's like me running on a treadmill. If I set the setting at seven, every mile I'm going to drop it down to three just because I'm like, well, I don't want to, like, I know I'm going to go five miles and I don't know if I'm going to make it five miles, so I better drop it down and do like a minute on three and mm-hmm. then go back up to seven <clears throat> versus if I would have just set it at eight and never touched it, mm-hmm. I probably could have ran the five miles at a setting of eight. Yeah. I just didn't realize, like, Am I hitting that? Is that kind yeah. of what you're getting at? It's like I didn't. Realize. I like I knew. I I knew that selling twelve was something that could be done. Like I, there was no question in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't have the self discipline. I didn't believe in myself that I had the self discipline needed to do it, and that was more of an internal thing that I had to deal with more so than anything that Jake wasn't doing during the summertime. Um, when it comes to management and helping your people in the summer, I feel like you can do more as a manager in the off season with your guys than you can on the doors because my transformation mm-hmm. happened way more in the off season than it did on the doors. So doing things. And so this is actually um, one of the podcasts that I listened to that really affected me this, this last year was one that we did with, or one that you did with Donnie Mosier. Mm. He, um, I really clicked with his whole bringing value to, to his guys. And I feel like you can add a ton of value as a manager in the off season um, by helping your guys do things that are hard or keeping them accountable, mm-hmm. being, helping them be that spotter in the off season. It's not just game time during the summer because that change, that change wasn't going to happen for me during the summer. I had my excuses and, um, Honestly, I believe um, that if you and I had gotten to know each other better in the pre, like in the previous summer, or like before the mm-hmm. season, or if we'd worked together more, I probably would have done better. But that's not mm-hmm. that's not on you. That's just um, the circumstances. We didn't know each other super well before. We were kind of thrown together yeah. a little bit with the situation, yeah. But um, as managers, I feel like developing your people. The majority of that that groundwork is going to be laid now during the off season at least that's my opinion when it comes to helping them become their best selves i feel challenging them you're going to lay that groundwork that self-belief that they're going to build is going to happen now it has to happen now and that will carry them through the summer and you can help keep them accountable during the summer and it was things that weren't even sales related part of that right 100 percent. yours was fitness yeah it was dieting exercise, losing weight, doing things that I didn't really believe, like even in the very beginning, like I didn't have like a Goggins mentality. like, just like, it wasn't like a flip of a switch. It wasn't, it wasn't like that for me. I Mm. was very unsure of myself for the very first, like three weeks of of doing those things. 
But um, the consistency was there, something that Jake talks about a lot, consistency over intensity. The consistency was there, and eventually I started seeing results, and my confidence started to grow and grow. Um, and I feel like I had, I paid for those mentors, or paid, paid for those people to help keep me accountable, like my coach, and then the meal prep lady. Um, but as managers and mentors, we could do that with our guys. Yeah. Right, investing in your guys right now is what I would do. Is, is what I would say in regards to how you can help your people, you know, go that extra step. I like that. I think that's a really, really good takeaway from this <clears throat> podcast because so many people just to full circle it want to know not only how do I be a Josh Zuniga, how do I create Josh Zunigas? And you, I love that line where it's like you do so much more for them before the summer even gets there than you'll ever really accomplish mm -hmm. on the doors with them. Um, and I just think that that gives people a really good takeaway. Like, okay, like let me take these eight months and be way more of a coach, a mentor, a leader now mm -hmm. to get them where they need to be. And with that, with that being said, as a mentor, you can't just sit on your butt in the off season. You have to be leveling up yourself. Yeah. You have to be the example as a leader. And for me, that's how I'm going to recreate myself is by continuing to put my feet to the fire and never take the, the, my foot off the pedal. You know, yeah. I have to keep leveling up and in order for me to level up my guys, I have to keep, I have to stay in that process. Yeah. The process never ends. There's never, there's never an arrival. Yep. Speed of the leader, speed of the team. And yeah. it's just, I, 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 you know, those listening, I've gotten to know Josh obviously over the last six, eight months and I'm excited to get to know you a lot more, obviously yeah. now being in the circle. Um, but I just think it's a it's a quality or a trait when it comes to this whole investing in yourself, you know, paying for the coach, paying for the meal plans, you know, paying for the leadership training, but also uh, having that investment in discipline. You know, I think that the biggest deficit between that fifteen hundred or thousand account rep and the three hundred account rep, it really comes down to discipline. One hundred percent. And I think that that's. You know, so many people say I'm disciplined and I'm having this own, my own little fitness journey right now with meal plan. And I, mm -hmm. I had to, like, guys, I like, listen to this. I, I don't know if I've shared this on a podcast yet, but I literally owe my team a thousand dollars if I eat an M&M or any sugar or break my meal plan within the week. And last week, you know, it would have been easy for me to be like, well, I had lemonade and I, you know, I was at this little dinner thing and I had lemonade and I had some little thing and I was like, I messed up. And I had to text my group and be like, hey, team, I owe you a thousand bucks. And it was just that discipline. Like I learned a lot about my own character over the last three, four weeks doing this meal plan. And I've never in my life been disciplined like that. Mm -hmm. Like I've never had the, to hold my own feet to my own fire, be yeah. live in integrity. And I think that you started to learn that about yourself and that probably was a huge thing that just you know if there's anything that's anybody's listening to what i'm getting from you is that is the difference between 300 and 1500 discipline hmm. discipline it yeah so let, let's talk about how do we discipline as a leader because this is where i think our industry is also broken last thing and then we'll, we'll finish on this uh because our industry is so recruitment heavy, mm -hmm. meaning if my manager pisses me off, I'm going to run to some other manager that doesn't piss me off, right? I think what happens is we disempower the leadership in this industry 
to where they can't properly discipline those that are underperforming. Wouldn't and you still discipline. And still discipline. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Because there's, you know, people want to jump around to a different pay plan or they want to jump around whether it's not contingencies on how they get paid, you know, and you're big on earning everything that you get, which is a huge principle. That's an enabling in a good way mm -hmm. technique, right? But yeah, yeah, how do we, how do we work on that as, a, as an industry or for management to empower that? Yeah. The build, how do we, how do we be disciplining our people, like meaning, disciplining or like, like instilling instill discipline, yeah. or like spanking so them, not, or what are we talking I, about? But I think it's kind of both. I think it's <clears> disciplining, <throat> meaning you're you're not being your greatest self. If I'm if I'm playing on Alabama's football team, mm -hmm. Nick Saban is not going to let me just dink around at practice. That's true, and keep me on the team. Yet so many of these reps are dinking around. Yet the manager can't play Nick Saban, Saban and cut him or discipline them there's see a, what there, i mean and how culture. do we yeah there's, so there's i think there's i think there's two aspects to it number one reps need to realize that the grass isn't greener it's not greener somewhere else it's not greener where there's a better play plan better pay plan the grass is greener where you water it yeah yeah you have to um get to water it where, where you're at in in that sense and in, in that sense the reason this is kind of a little side tangent but the reason why i'm very abundant with my own pitch is because I don't think that it's the difference between 300 yeah. and 1500 accounts. People don't realize that. And that's not the answer they want to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'll tell people everything that I say and how I say it, because I don't think it's going to, I don't, I don't think it's going to make a huge, I don't think it's going to make a huge difference. Hey, you know, you're still going to teach that, it though. I, I, I am. I still am going to teach it. Keep, baby, I am still going to teach it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, he's on the university too. Yeah. Plug. I think I have more, you have more pests. Than, than anybody else. You're the most, you're the face of our, of our pest control piece in the university. But, um, dude, I just lost my train of thought. No, sorry, I didn't mean to <laughs> cut you off. The, the instilling discipline. Yeah. And... Okay, so people need to realize that the grass isn't greener, but as mentors and leaders, you know, if you're gonna discipline and hold somebody's feet to the fire, you have to do it yourself also. Otherwise, you look like a hypocrite. If you're not willing to level up yourself, then you can't expect your guys to level up. So as leaders, I feel like it's a twofold thing. Mm -hmm. Reps need to quit being so petty and willing to jump ship over the dumbest things. And number two, leaders, you have to be the kind of leaders that you want to follow, that people want to follow. Um, I can't remember if it was your quote or if it was somebody that you quoted, but you said something the other day where people don't leave jobs, they leave leaders. Mm -hmm. And I believe that 100%. I'm, that really resonated with me. And so when it comes to disciplining, you know, if they don't respect you, they're not, they're not going to, they're going to tell you to pound sand and they're not yeah. going to, they're not going to care what you have to say. And I think it makes it a lot easier to discipline when you know that you've got that rapport and respect mm -hmm. where you're like, look, I'm, 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 because I'm a good leader, mm -hmm. I'm going to have to instill some more discipline in you. Well, and I, I think that comes to setting the right expectation, right? Because if, if, if they sense that I'm trying to instill discipline in you for the sake of your results, which then go into my bank account, they're going to develop an aversion to that, mm -hmm. right? They're not going to like that and they're going to go numb to it. But if they know that you're coming from, hey, look, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. Sure, because you'll make more money, I'll make more money, whatever. I'm holding your feet to the fire mainly because I want you to be the best you. Mm -hmm. That's a totally different conversation. Right? Yeah, totally. And you have a lot more influence, a lot more power. And so then people will know, okay, like, yeah, he always benefits, but at the end of the day, it's really because what is most important here 
is that I have the highest level of fulfillment. And that comes when I'm getting the best of myself, yeah. which is what you embody. Mm -hmm. right? And as leaders, I think it's important for other people to see that you're holding your own feet to the fire also. Yeah. And that way, when you, when, when your people see, like when you're holding your people's feet to the fire, they see that you're with them. It holds weight. Yeah. 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 Instead of just, because I, I feel like that's a difference between being a boss and being a leader. Yeah. You know, a boss is somebody that's going to hold your feet to the fire, but you know, they're, they're sitting on their butt. Mm -hmm. But a leader, like for example, with you in Nashville, you were out there with us in the trenches. Uh, you threw down also pretty, pretty freaking hard. <laughs> yeah. Those are good times, man. They were good times. Yeah. So hashtag Cashville. Yep. Jake Bennington is Cash. the only person on earth that I won't recruit against. <laughs> yep. There are a lot of people, because I, I mess I wrote about that on my Instagram. There are a lot of people who are like, who is it? Who is it? Yeah. What? <laughs> Love it. Yeah. They go to my Instagram, they're like, who is that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Overlook sense, baby. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you haven't followed Jake's uh, Instagram, overlook sense. Or don't. C-E-N-T-S. C-E-N-T-S. <laughs> he finds pennies wherever he goes. I just pick up loose change. Change. Um, I have one last thing. Okay, one last thing. Um, so, in regards to developing leaders um, or developing people in the off season, so what we're doing at UrbanX, we're trying to recreate my off season experience. Mm. And so, because that my off season, that's where that that whole thing happened. And so, it's kind of a spinoff of off of seventy five hard. Yeah. Um, so we're doing this thing called UrbanX seventy. And it's what Andy's doing with all of his guys in Nashville. It's what I'm doing with my guys. And um, you can see, they've been super consistent with it. It's, um, it's kind of, it's, yeah, like, like I was saying, it's pretty two, similar to 75 two hard. Two workouts a day. Yeah, two workouts a day, a gallon of water, water reading, water. all that kind of stuff. Um, there's a few other things that are unique to, to, our, to our company that we're doing also. But um, you can, it's interesting to watch because you can see... It's easy to see, like you, you, when you when you hold, like I'm just seeing them make changes. I can yeah. see the mental transformation happening as they're maintaining the discipline and doing those things that. And then probably that they take what about the leadership. people that don't? What about the people that are like, ah, I'm not going to do that. Like, ah, it's not my. You're not my dad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, have you mm -hmm. had people give pushback? Um. Yeah, but those are the people that. I don't know. They're just not. They're just not going to do it. People aren't going to do what they're what they're not going to want to do. But, it's, but just, um, it's just those that you can take from here to here yeah. are going to run with it. And, it's and those are honestly the people that aren't bought in and aren't willing to put their feet on the fire with you. Those aren't the people that you want anyways. People, yeah. people will fall. The, pe the correct people will, will rise up yeah. and other ones will kind of fall to the wayside. Which will happen yeah. in any job, any industry. Yeah. And that has a lot to do with culture building and, yeah. and stuff like that. But Great yeah. tip. Nugget. Okay, um, rapid fire real quick. Uh, any weird stereotype, not stereotype, superstition you have on the doors? I really just love this question. Meaning mm. like I had to wear a hat or else I couldn't sell. Or yeah. Brigham Lindsay had to drink a Coke. Like do you have any weird like... Um, like routines? Yes, I had routines. Um, not, not like waving to people around in the neighborhood or anything like that. But uh, every morning I had to have my energy drink. Your what are my you? energy drink? Red right? Bull Monster. So I started out as a Red Bull guy, but then I, I made a, I converted to Bang. Bang, I you're a Bang. Yeah. Yeah. I, I converted. Bang. The CEO, okay. the more you learn about him, he's kind of weird. He's kind of a weird dude. dude. Weird dude. Give you go to flavor. 
Honestly, it's a pink can, but I like rosé frosé. I think it tastes like really? nerds. Really? Yeah, dude, it tastes just like nerds, man. Okay. That's the most interesting yeah. part of this podcast. Yep. Uh, <laughs> favorite um, movie? That's a hard one, man. Funny movie. I don't really watch a lot of TV, man. I didn't have a TV in my apartment this whole this But whole like, you don't have like season. a favorite funny movie? It'd Jeez. be hard for me to pick one. Step Brothers, come on. Dude, yeah. yes. That's uh, true. That is true. I do like Step Brothers. Nights. I'd, 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 I'd prove that. I'd, I'd pick uh, Step Brothers over, over yeah. all the other ones. Yeah, Step Brothers so, is yeah. money. What, wait, wait, I have a rapid fire. What was your, like, I know you were big on music over the summer, mm-hmm. and you oh, were yeah, constantly asking for, like, hey, what, what are your pump-up songs? But what was the one that more often than not, like, it just never failed? What was like my your, pump up song? Yeah, yeah. the one that your like if song. you needed to reach deep down, like the one that always hit just right. It slapped, and you were like, "Okay, let's go." Okay, so there was two. Yeah. So one at the very beginning of the season was "Pray for Me" um, by the Weekend. It was a song that was on um, the Black Panther movie, and then towards oh, yeah, yeah. the end of the summer, right as I was starting to like run on fumes, those last I, dude, honestly, I was running on fumes those last five hundred accounts. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was gonna say. But, but um. Was. On the road by Post Malone. Dude, Post road. Malone is always the mood. Okay. No, right. but I think that's that's a super good question because mm-hmm. I think yeah. if we could build this like ultimate ultimate playlist. top percent playlist, yeah. that'd be dope. I, I have a fifteen hundred playlist. Love it, love yeah. it. Yeah. Share that. We'll post a link or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast. This is yeah. awesome, and we'll see you in January, man. Yeah, that's that good, was man. Fun, man. That was this fun. is good. Yep, come to my workshop. Okay. Knock, 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 knock,